Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way Podcast. Well, hello, friends. I'm Scott. And I'm Maddie, and welcome back to the Harder Way Podcast. Well, who are we going to talk about that either walked or didn't walk the harder way this week? Well, so far, the people that we've spoken of in our series have either walked the harder way all of the time or some of the time, but in today's series, we are going to be talking about someone or two someones who did not walk the harder way at all. We are going to be talking about Ananias and Sapphira. And when you think of Ananias and Sapphira, you think early church, you think the book of Acts, you think money. Right. Right, because it says in Acts chapter 2 uh, that they were all coming together and then they were all basically giving to one another as uh, others had need. They were they were really living a true, um, uh, just a, there was just a spirit of loving and giving that was going on in the church. Mm-hmm. So what's the story of Ananias and Sapphira? Can you summarize it for us? Yes. Well, first of all, the story of Ananias and Sapphira can be found in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So you can go ahead and pause this now, go read that for yourself and hop back with us, or we will remind you at the end of the passage so you can read it for yourself after we have discussed it. But uh, to sum it up, the story of Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias and Sapphira were two early Christians, and they had sold a piece of property. And when they had got the money for the property that they had sold and brought the money to the church, they kept back a portion for themselves and brought the proceeds to the church and basically acted as if this was all of it, right? Like, oh, we're giving... Uh, yeah. The money that we got from the sale of our property to the church, right. when in actuality they had kept a good portion of it back. And at this time, when they went and brought that and said that, Ananias was struck down. He died. And then they gave Sapphira a chance, and she came over and was like, oh, yeah, this is all the money that we got for the land, and doubled down on that deception about the money. And then she was struck down and died. So it didn't really didn't really end well for Ananias or Sapphira. No, it didn't. And you know what's interesting is that we I mentioned when we started early church. Mm-hmm. Um, so early church is these these folks are Jews. They're all hundred percent Jews, right? Who have converted to follow Jesus. They've said, okay, Jesus is the Messiah. We believe it, mm-hmm. and we're going to follow him. Because all of the first. Christians were Jews. All were for all of Because it was first to the Jew and then was, you know, to the Gentiles afterwards. So, so depending on your theology, you might say that they're converts from Judaism, or you might say that they are completed Jews, depending on what your theology is. Nevertheless, they've made a bold choice and they've made a choice. They've chosen the harder way by choosing to follow this Messiah because. There, there were thousands, but there weren't all. But the majority of Jews rejected the Messiah, and it was there were already problems 
You know, you're only two chapters further along before you get to Stephen, the first martyr first in the martyr. church. And then two chapters after that, in, you know, Acts 8 1, you've got, uh, and a great persecution broke out against the church and scattered people, hmm. right? So, so it's, there's it, it, a lot, a lot of time taking place when this, things are changing quickly. And so these, these, they'd chosen the harder way. And they chose the harder way by selling their property. And choosing to give some of the money to the church. But then they chose the easier way. Not only did they chose an easier way, they chose a way that was so easy that it actually wound up leading to their destruction. Can you see the difference I'm pointing out there? Yes, because they originally did choose the harder way by choosing to be Christians mm -hmm. during this time period when it was not popular to be a Christian. They chose... Uh, the harder way by saying, yeah, we want to give this money to the church. We're not going to keep it all to no, ourselves. Right. But then they were choosing the easy way because they were saying, we're going to keep some of it to ourselves and then we're going to lie about it. And that's it. Because I think, I think okay, the, the harder way in this situation would have been just to give it all to the church or <clears throat> maybe even to say to God, okay, Lord, you know, we're just stewards of this wealth. We're going to take it to the church and we're going to tell the church, we need some of this. But you, you know, here's, um, here's uh, let's say it's $100 and uh, or 100 denarii. And I've got my 100 denarii in my hand and I go to the to the elders of the church and I say, look, I, I think I need some of this to live on, but I'm trusting God to guide you to, to how much to take out of my hands. And right. that would have been cool. Yeah, that would, absolutely. That would have been a kind of a cool, harder way moment, like a where's the faith moment. Like, do you really trust God as leading these apostles? Mm -hmm. Do you really trust God as you – know, that could have, could have been like one of the coolest stories in, or one of the cooler stories in the book of Acts. Yeah. And that would have been an amazing moment. In fact, that's what we encourage people to do with their own finances. Um, there's a big push, give 10%, give 10%. But I say to you, you're better off – holding everything with an open hand as a steward Absolutely. and then acknowledging God, you own all of this and just saying, Lord, you know, I think I would, I need some of this to live on and I would like some of this to maybe even thrive on, but Lord, I trust you to let me know either by revealing it to my heart or by revealing it to me through circumstances or someone else, how much should I give how much should I release to your to the kingdom work, and how much should I keep for the kingdom work that's being done in my own house? The kingdom mm. work of feeding my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and you know that's how I've practiced giving and tithing. And I have to tell you, there is a freedom in that, and there is a joy in that uh, that that has that I, I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. And it really always keeps me in the right understanding, so that you know when things happen and money seems to be flying out the window. Uh, you know, and fixing this and repairing that, or somebody needs this or giving to that, that's okay. And when money seems to be flying in the window, that's okay too. Hey, we'll take it. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do what you want to do with it, Lord. And I think Ananias and Sapphira could have done something like that, but they didn't. Mm. I and, and what do you think that was the motivating emotion or factor that caused them to lie about holding back part of that money. Well, I think the 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 root emotion and that core emotion there would be fear. Absolutely, right? Because yeah. they would they in some way were afraid of not having enough or not having the things that they needed or wanted. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think that a lot of it goes back to something we've mentioned in our podcast uh, before. Uh, and specifically when we're talking about this account, um, I would encourage you guys, if you haven't listened to it, to go back to listen to one of our earlier podcasts that we did. It was within the first 10 episodes and it was uh, about Providence. Providence, yeah. And we we go in depth on something that I'm about to mention briefly. So if you're hearing this and you didn't listen to that episode, go back to, to hear more about that. But I think that with Ananias and Sapphira, you obviously have that core root emotion of fear, but I think it's very tied into an idol that so many of us deal with, which is the idol of security. Mm. Because they sold this property and then they kept this portion of the money back for themselves. Let's just be honest. I doubt that they were keeping it back so that they could just, you know, buy baseball cards and bubble gum. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm sure that they were Although thinking, that is a high call calling. <laughs> baseball cards and bubble gum. <laughs> I think that they decided to keep that money to live off of. Sure. Right? They, I doubt it was well, just for fun things. They weren't going to go out and buy a new tunic or gold bangles or, yeah. you know, I'm investing in a winery. <laughs> that was, you know. Yeah, I, I highly doubt that. And I think that they were likely motivated, as many people are today, by this idol of security. That instead of trusting in God's providence, they're trying to create their own providence, right? They're trying to create things and create situations that put things in place that make them feel comfortable, that make them feel safe, because that creates that sense of control. And control is... Is fear and action. Yes. Control is fear and action. I almost failed the test. I was like, wait, what? You're like, wait. I'm like, yeah, you're the one who came up with this phrase. What I was are you talking about? I'm thinking of, I was thinking of a joke. As you were saying that, I was thinking of um, trying to fit in a joke that I can't, just popped in my head, which was, you know, that, that Ananias and Sapphira were, had... The reason why they held back some money is because they had they had been drinking a little too much wine, and they uh, did a bunch of ordering on uh, 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 of of some stuff they had to pay off. They didn't have Amazon back then, but they had a delivery service called Nile. Yeah, I know, man, right? Amazon River, Nile, Nile River. River. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it was bad. Yes. It's a bad term. To those of our listeners who may be tuning in for the first time, you're not subjected to these kinds of dad jokes in every single episode. Probably only about... One out of five. Yeah. 20% of the time, you're going to hear jokes like this. So if you like that kind of thing, tune in because one out of every five times, you'll get to hear it. If you don't, Tune in because you only have to hear it one out of every five times. And you could write in uh, to nationsforjc.com. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. That's our email. You could request to get our career update. And you could also request more dad jokes. <laughs> and hey, I will say this. If we get more emails about the dad jokes than we get about the career updates, listeners, you'll need to check your hearts. That's right. Check your heart. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say about So back to Ananias and Sapphira. And this providence and idol of security. Providence and idol of security. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, we're judging their motives there. And we see the result. We see we see that they lie. And they give it an opportunity mm-hmm. to tell the truth. And, yes, and uh, Sapphira speci- specifically. Even, and here's what's crazy. She sees that her husband was just struck down. Mm. So she is seeing her husband, 
I was just about to say had to live with the consequences. <laughs> uh, that's not the right term there. Uh, suffered the consequences of this deception. And she watched it. And yet she's like, I'm just going to lie anyway. Yeah. Even when given the opportunity to tell the truth. And this this actually reminds me a lot of uh, two of the things that we discussed in our first episodes in this series where we spoke about Adam and Eve and then we spoke about Cain and Abel mm. that both in both of those instances as well God gave them opportunities to speak the truth yeah where are you yeah why are you hiding mm -hmm. where is your brother mm -hmm. and remember God knows everything and he doesn't need you to tell him and God says he says to Cain and, and remember Man, if you understand this dynamic between Cain and Abel, between the, the good way and the God way, between, you know, between faith and and uh, and and fear, between pride, uh, which is it's another pride is another works into that whole faith and pride and control and fear yeah. and all that. If you can get that, you can look at these situations like Ananias and Sapphira and you can see a really important truth, which is what God says to Cain. He says... He says, listen, boy, I, I feel like that boy is implied. But when when when, uh, when an older man is talking to a younger man and he wants to be very serious, he'll call him boy. Boy. And remind him who he is. And uh, um, just to, and who's, who's who and what's what. And so I feel like the boy is implied in that. But he says, listen, boy, if you, you know if you do the right thing. Yep. Yep. Everything's going to be fine with you. Mm -hmm. before. This is before he kills Abel. But if you don't, then is is knocking at your door. It's coming for you. And we see that happen in with Ananias and Sapphira. There is a death that takes place. It's their own death. After refusing to repent of the lie. They could have fixed it at any moment, and they didn't. They wanted to and they, unnecessarily. Well, there's never a necessity, I guess, to tell a lie. But they told a lie, dealt with the consequences. Sin was waiting to devour them. Death was coming for them. And they there was an immediate death right there. And I don't know. Do you think they went to heaven? Oh. <laughs> Why would you ask me that? Uh well, here's here's my answer for that. If they were saved, mm -hmm. then I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. If they weren't saved and this was them acting out not being saved, then no. Can you, can you imagine? Um, can you imagine Hannah's and I and Sapphira oh, goodness gracious. in heaven for all eternity? Every Christian that walks in goes, hey, what are you doing here? What were you thinking, you oh my ding goodness, dong? I know. Then, <laughs> it's such a question, though. I'm like, okay. Are we are we talking perseverance of the saints here? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go back for a minute. Let's talk about providence. And and, and so we have Ananias and Sapphira. We see what happens with them. And I think there's so much in that story. There's so much in that. Uh, they, they, they had a bad theology. I've been seeing yeah. this so much lately, how your theology can, it impacts everything. It impacts your prayer life it impacts every other aspect of your devotional life it impacts the way you make decisions it impacts um 
whether you're hopeful in the midst of, of bad circumstances, and it impacts how you react when you know when uh, you're when you're called out on something. You I just- mean, it really impacts every single aspect of your life because your understanding of God is going to impact every part of how you live your life, including how you see yourself mm-hmm. and how you view your role in the world and how you should be interacting with other people and how you should be living. So if you have a false understanding of who God is, even as a Christian, if you, you know, you maybe you're saved, but you just don't really understand the character of God. Mm-hmm. You don't really understand the way he works. And hey, guess what? If you want to understand that, check out the Bible. It's great. Uh, <laughs> right. Highly recommend. Uh, five stars, 10 out of 10. Uh, if you don't know that, then you can be saved, but be living a life that is really not in alignment with God's best for you. Right. And where you're going to end up choosing the easy way instead of the harder way time and time again, mm-hmm. because that bad theology, because if you don't understand God's character, the fact that he's all good, that he's working all things together for the good of those who love him. If you don't understand that he's sovereign, that he and his providence is the one who is putting things in place and is ruling over everything. If you don't understand that, it's going to be so much easier to make decisions out of fear Mm -hmm. because you're having that fear because you don't trust in God's providence. You don't trust in God's goodness. Right. So... I'll tell you right now, an interesting thing's happening in America, um, at least with smaller ministries. So I'm I'm a I'm a, a work with three nonprofits, okay, um, um, a, a, a official Bible college, a Bible call a Bible school that does like a certificate program, and then our Bible Bible career ministry have different roles in each one. Um, and I can tell you right now that this is the time of the year when all of these big nonprofits, you're going to see it. It's going to, your email is going to be bombarded. We won't they're, drop any names, but, but you know, you, you know, know all the names. Any you're work you've see ever it. given to, they're going to be, they're going to be begging you, hitting you up for It's money. Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Make your legacy last. Maybe Jesus wants you to give money you to pretty much, whatever this is. Pretty much. And... You know, there's and there's all kinds of uh, uh, you know there are all kinds of good reasons to give. Obviously, the, the Lord leads your heart. Some people give because you get you give enough money, it changes your tax situation. You actually wind up saving money by giving more money. Now that's an interesting conversation for another day. If we're talking about God's providence and an understanding of stewardship, are we stewarding our money if the only reason we're giving is for the tax write off? Right. Well, and the thing is, if you're talking specifically about writing, um, about, oh, I want to say it's about 10 years ago, the laws were changed and so little, so much, so little of your um, tax on your donations to nonprofits are actually wind up as dollars off of your tax bill. I think it's like 19 cents per dollar. It's so little that it's, you know, for most people, it doesn't even make a difference. In fact... It's, if you're that rich that it does make a difference, it probably doesn't God matter anyway. <laughs> and please send to my address. No. But anyway, the, the point that I was trying to make is simply that is that there's a temptation to go out because you know you just go ask. People mm. people will give. And it's like we have to trust God. We have to walk 
in with 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 uh, an open heart, an open mind, an open hand, you know, and an open life to God to add and to take away from the work He's doing in us and through us. Right now, um, I can tell you that these ministries that I'm working with, um, they're struggling. Uh, but that, that's the wrong word. That is the wrong word. Let me retract that. Maybe this will be edifying for somebody. Struggling is the wrong word. One of them is struggling. Uh, they're just wrestling like a worm on a hook, trying to get money to come in so they can make payroll and those kinds of things. The other two are walking by faith. They also have, have shortfalls in income uh, through donations. But, and this is a big but, um, the other two are looking at this as an opportunity to see the hand of God in his provision and providence. And so they're looking at, hey, we didn't make payroll, saying, I can't wait to see what God does. I can't wait to see how God provides. Remember that time when we had nothing or remember that time when we weren't making it and God brought us through? That's how they're approaching it. So there's one that's using kind of a fear approach, wiggle on the hook. There's the other two um, that are, are using a faith approach, uh, which which builds faith, a harder way approach, yeah. which says, no, we're going to trust God in hard times and in good times. And we're going to be generous in hard times and in good times. And as long as we have breath in our lungs and our hearts beating, we're going to get up and go do the work of the Lord and let the Lord be responsible for the, the outcome and for the income. And I think that's something that is applicable to every single person because, you know, you were speaking about it in the context of a ministry, yeah. but it is 100% the same principle and looks very similar for just any old person. Yes. And because I think that especially right now we're seeing the economy uh, in the United States is struggling. And yeah. that's not a that's not a political comment. That's just, you know, Fact. you go to the store and things are more expensive. Groceries have doubled. There's right. a lot Gas of inflation. Yeah. You know, everybody has different opinions on, on exactly why that is or how to fix it or what have you. It's a but devil. All we, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure the devil is uh, involved. <laughs> uh, but I will say... That with the economy struggling and, and people making less money and all these things, you know, the temptation is to say, well, I can't give to my church anymore. Or, well, you know, I can't I can't go help this this friend of mine out who's really struggling and God's put it on my heart to help them. But I can't help them because I'm not doing super well financially myself. Right. Right. Because we know that God does a lot with a little and we know mm -hmm. that God, ultimately, if he owns everything that we have, you know, we talk about this concept of God's economy, right? That it's like whenever God places a situation in your path where he's called you uh, to come alongside a certain person or to bless them or, or anything like that, that you can trust and believe that in the same way that God is providing for that person through you, he will provide for you through whatever venue that looks like, avenue that Absolutely. looks like. Absolutely. You know, and so... I think that it's really important, especially with the holidays coming up, it's it's really easy to get into that fear-based mindset of, oh, I'm not going to have enough for this many presents for this many people, and oh, I have to afford this, I have to afford that, and with just with all the expenses that are associated with the sure. holidays, you know? And I think we probably should do a 
post closer to Christmas on those kinds of things, but yeah. maybe we'll do a special edition on uh, uh, different ways to celebrate. We'll sing Christmas carols. Christmas. Drink eggnog. Sure. I don't like eggnog. I love it, but but non-alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like alcoholic eggnog, but I don't even like non-alcoholic eggnog because it coats my tongue. It's too thick. <laughs> you know why I like it? Because it's coats my tongue. So. So, Give me some eggnog flavored ice cream. That's good. Oh, uh, now we're talking. We can compromise on that. I'd do that. So we'll have some eggnog ice cream and some Christmas carols for you guys. Before we wrap this up, I just, I really feel, uh, you know, that I should say something about giving. Um, because we're talking about Ananias and Sapphira giving. And Satan will get in your head on this. And he really wants to mess with you about your giving and then start like pushing all these guilt buttons. Um, oh, did I do the right thing? You know, one time uh, when I was early in ministry, a lady came into my office, and this is the this is the one and only time that I ever allowed someone to hand me money that goes in the offering. This is when I was a pastor. Yeah. She walks in. She says, "Hey, we had we have money left over from our Disney trip." She wasn't a regular giver. She wasn't even a member of the church, but her kids went to our school, and I wanted to give this to the church. And she hands me a hundred dollar bill, or she handed me like I think it was five twenties. And, uh, and so I said, great. And I put it on my desk. I put it in my desktop drawer. Well, I'm out of sight, out of mind person. I forgot all about it. And then a, few, a week or two later, I'm looking for money for lunch. And I'm like, oh, I must, I, and I found them, I saw the money in my drawer. And I, I don't know, putting this there, just put, put it, it in there. my wallet. And I spent on, you know, between gasoline and, and lunch and, and taking, taking people to coffee I blew through that hundred bucks in a couple of weeks. Um, you could it could last a couple of weeks back then. This is a long time ago. Just the early two right. thousands. Then I remembered. Oh. About no. I mean, like a month later, after after I'd spent it a month later, all of a sudden it comes to remembrance, and I just I was almost I sick. I mean, it, it took a lot for me not to be sick. I was so stressed about it. Yeah. I mean, flop sweat. I stole from God, and so I I immediately went home. Got I went to the bank, got hundred dollars cash, went back. We had an offering box. I put it in the offering box. Yeah, I can tell you over the next ten years, I probably gave an extra hundred dollars uh, at least fifteen times because you felt guilty because about I because I, I could never get rid of the feeling that I'd stolen from God, and I could not get rid and I and I just kept trying to make that money up, and so that hundred dollars turned into sixteen hundred dollars approximately. And wow. returned. Okay. Little and, did that lady know. Right. And and I never ever accepted anybody putting a check or money in my hand for the offering plate. Because you said I cannot <laughs> yeah, be trusted. I, I cannot be trusted. To make sure that it gets That's to the right, right. place. Because the, I can vouch he is an out of sight, out of mind person. But the, the point is that um is that if I had a different attitude towards giving, mm. it wouldn't have been I would have had a different concept of that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have had all that guilt, and it wouldn't have been an opportunity for the enemy to get in and mess with my head over that. So I just want to encourage folks, should you be giving? Absolutely yes. Should you be giving all of your money to your church that you give? Well, how does your church spend it? If you believe in missions and 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 you and your church is not giving to missions, you should pray and ask the Lord, Lord, do you want me to give some money to missions? If you believe in the Bible delivery or podcasts or Bible schools or or something else that's you know Christian based parachurch ministry. I would this is the way I tell people. Um, 
give what God has told you to give to your church. But then ask the Lord, where where else, where if anywhere else, else should I give? Like to, because if you think about it, even if you just chose a ministry and you said, you know, I give my $300 a month to my church, but on top of that, I'm going to give $20 a month just forever to this little ministry. Yeah. You get 10 people doing that, that's 200 bucks a month. 100 people doing that, that's $2,000 a month. You can run a ministry on $2,000 a month. I mean, lean, Yeah. but you could, no one gets paid, but you could definitely do it. You know, you get a, you get a thousand people giving ten dollars a month. You got ten thousand dollar a month income. You can take a salary, run a ministry. You can do all kinds of stuff. So, don't underestimate the value of what God, you know your, the little things God has um, encourages you to do. Hold what God gives you with an open hand, and be excited when God gives you an opportunity to be a part of His kingdom economy. Yes, right. Because it's Absolutely. all His anyway. He's not taking or asking you for anything. You know. Mm-hmm. It's I, I I I think of it like this. Imagine that you go to your you know God provides you with a hundred dollars through your work or whatever because He gave you the ability to work. He gave you the job. He gave you the brain. He gave you the weather to get there. Whatever he you have, it's all thanks to the Lord. So you go to work. The the guy that you're working for uh, gives you a hundred dollars. Now you've got this hundred dollars in your hand, and the Lord says, "Okay, that's my hundred dollars." Okay, Lord, it's your hundred dollars. What do I do with it? Well. I'd like you to take 10% of it. I'd like you to put that into into the kingdom work. And then maybe uh, take 1% and put it over to this little parachurch ministry and another percent and give the parachurch ministry over here. And then I want you to use the rest for however you see fit. Hmm. Be a good steward. Yeah. Don't go gamble it away. Yeah. You know, but uh, anyway... I think it's a, it's an approach that really that really works. It gives you freedom in the Lord. It makes it hard for the enemy to mess with your head, and then you can always feel like you're right with God because you're always seeking the Lord. Definitely. Yeah. So we would encourage all of you to look at the account of Ananias and Sapphira for yourself. Yes. Again, if you didn't pause and do that in the beginning, uh, go ahead and head over to Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11 to read that for yourself. And we encourage you as you're going on with the rest of your week to trust in God's providence when it comes mm. to your finances, to live in that understanding that God owns everything and yes. it's all his and we're simply called to steward it. And if the Lord leads you to sell a piece of property and give it to us, all the money, when you die. <laughs> That's the principle. That's the principle. Uh, the whole episode. <laughs> All right, you guys. We will see you next week. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.